Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Sometimes we have to have outside information to understand what the Bible is talking about. Today, we put together six DVDs, five titles, valued at $170 for a gift of $40. And these are all about the occult. They are. What's wrong with Halloween? America's occult holidays. Things like what's wrong with Christmas, Easter, Valentine's Day, May Day. What does May Day really mean? Actually, that's occult. Trick or treat. You wouldn't believe what trick or treat is all about. Occult Holidays Revealed by Stephen Dollins. The Occult in Your Living Room, very popular double DVD by Stephen Dollins. Vampires, Werewolves, Real or Fake. Get all six DVDs, that's five titles, valued at $170 for a gift of $40. Now, yesterday I played America's Occult Holidays by Doc Marquis. It's so important, we're going to continue listening to Doc Marquis. Semiramis and Nimrod had a son, as I've told you um, before, named Temuz. Now, Temuz was nowhere near as good a hunter as his father, Nimrod, was, because when he was 40 years old, he was killed by a wild boar out on the hunt. Now, an interesting event was going on in the book of Ezekiel. In Ezekiel, chapter 8, verse 14, let me set this for you. God has taken Ezekiel and he's showing him visions and different things and taking him around. And at this particular point right now, this is what it states. This is what God is doing with Ezekiel. Then he brought me to the door of the gate of the Lord's house, which was toward the north. And behold, there sat women weeping for Tammuz. Tammuz now the son of Nimrod. The reason they were doing this, this ceremony, what they were involved in, now remember, this is in the house of God himself now. These occultists were practicing a very ancient ritual. They would fast, they would weep, they would wail, they would give things up because their god, Tammuz, was dead. And you know what? This is where you get Lent from. Lent is 40 days in totality. Those days represent one year for every year of Tammuz's life. Forty days for forty years. Are the people not weeping, wailing, they're fasting and giving things up on Lent? That's exactly what they were doing here. And yet, we think this is supposed to be part of a wonderful Christian thing that celebrates the resurrection of Christ. And you know why you have your traditional Easter ham? Occultically speaking, when you kill, I should say, when you eat that Easter ham, you are symbolically killing that thing which killed the god Temuz. That's why it's an Easter ham. We have brought all these things into the, Christ, into the um, church, and we think of them as harmless Christian holidays, and there's really nothing harmless about them. Now, if you remember, the goddess is coming back during this time of the year. She's known as the spring goddess. And this is a typical drawing of the spring goddess. You will notice that the sun is behind her because she is beginning to come into power. Notice how she's holding a cute little Easter bunny and all that. It's a cutesy little scene. But tell me, 
What does a bunny have to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ? I mean, I would like just one person for once, I don't care if it's a theologian, um, a doctor who, um, who has his doctorate in divinity, I don't care who it is, could someone in the Christian world explain the Easter Bunny to me? I can tell you how it came into the Christian world through the occult. North American Indians commonly used a totem pole and carved animal faces in it to depict various gods of their belief, correct? They were doing that back in Babylon. Where do you think they got it from? Remember, this stuff spread throughout the world. Eventually, it had to end up in North America. The oldest symbol to recognize the fertility goddess, that of Semiramis, is the bunny. The reason it is the bunny, because the bunny is the fastest procreating creature that we know of. That's why it was the Easter rabbit, or the Easter bunny. That's where you get it from. This is straight from the occult. And if you don't want to believe me, go to um, an occult bookstore or to a witch's shop or something like that. They'll explain this to you. If you don't want to believe me, ask them about why a rabbit. What's up with the spring goddess? What is with the name Easter? They'll tell you the truth about this. Especially if you try, if, especially if you um, try to get them um, to believe that you're interested in it. Be interested in for finding out the truth. Don't be interested in because you, you want to join. You know, but this has been going on and on and on for thousands of years. We have just simply taken all this and have Christianized it. For some reason, we as Christians, have allowed this into the church. Now, I will tell you, the deception that the Bible warned us about would be very strong. It specifically stated that it would be so strong that if it was possible, it would deceive the very elect of God itself. And I think this is what we allowed to happen. You're being given the truth of what's going on in the occult and how these things became Americanized and Christianized. Once you've been given the entire information, you become responsible to God for it, don't you? Mm-hmm. Hosea stated, my people die for a lack of knowledge. How many of you are willing to not just live for Christ, but live for Christ as a responsible, sold-out servant of His? This is what you have to ask yourself. On this next holiday, which you commonly call Halloween, in the occult world, they call it Samhain. Now, when you look at the name, it looks as if it's saying Samhain or something like that. No, 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 no. This is properly pronounced in the ancient Gaelic as Samhain. Samhain, according to occult tradition, was the Lord of the Dead. Now, around 900 B.C., a very fierce nomadic people came into the areas of what used to be known as Gaul, Saxony, Brittany, we know it now as the British Isle, and of course it eventually went through Scotland, Ireland, and the rest of the surrounding areas. These people were known as the Celts. Now the Celtic people, they were so fierce and so barbaric 
that twice they held off the famous Roman legion and extracted heavy tribute from Rome itself. They literally held all power from 900 BC to approximately 900 AD in that area. The Celtic Lord of the Dead, Samhain, is just another name, Samhain, for Nimrod. You study all the myths, all the occult myths of Samhain, he is also a stag god. has horns just like the um, stag god of the occult world that is so constant. But this particular time of the year, October 29th through the 31st. These, those three days constitute what's known as Samhain. Everyone thinks Halloween is just a one-night thing, October 31st, but it is not. See, in the occult world, this is a three-day fire festival. It lasts from the 29th through the 31st. During the time when the Druid priest held power in Great Britain, now the Druids held all power. You couldn't get married without their, with their, with, yeah, without their permission. You couldn't hold any type of official title in the clan without their permission. You couldn't even attend any of their religious ceremonies without their permission. They literally held power over all life and death. And you are really going to find out how in this example. During the Nights of Samhain, the Druids would gather at these giant megalithic stone circles. One of the most common known stone circle is, of course, Stonehenge. Just about everyone has seen Stonehenge at one time or another, be it in picture or if they were actually there. Now, Stonehenge, as I said, it's a megalithic crop circle. Uh, yeah, megalithic crop circle, that's the UFOs. Wrong subject. But we could always get there. This is a megalithic stone circle. It served three specific functions. First of all, it was a temple complex. Second of all, it served as an astrological observatory. Third, it served as a place of human sacrifice. Archaeologists have already unearthed, underneath Stonehenge, over 4,000 human skeletal remains. And that's just Stonehenge. There are hundreds of these throughout the British Isles. This one, believe it or not, is small compared to some of the others. The one in Aysbury is over a mile in circumference. This is just a small one. And there's over 4,000 um, dead human sacrifices underneath it. You multiply that by X amount of hundreds of these stone circles, and I think you'll understand what the Druids were all about and why they were so greatly feared by the common folk. During the time of Samhain, the Druids, in this example, they would meet at Stonehenge. They had a giant cauldron, a black pot, that they would fill with what you would best understand as an apple cider-like substance. They would light the pot, and then all the Druid priests would go out throughout the countryside. They would go to um, various mansions, to castles, to people of nobility such as the earls, marquises, dukes, what have you. They would walk up to the front door of these places, and you want to know what they would yell out? Trick or treat, exactly. 
Now, you see, trick or treat is a two-part expression that literally sent waves and waves and waves of panic throughout the people who ever heard it. You see, if the Lord of the Manor cooperated with the、um, druids, he would take one of his own servants or one of his own household members, someone of his own family. And pass them over to the druids to be used as a human sacrifice offering that night. The druids would leave you a treat for your cooperation. They would take a pumpkin that was previously hollowed out and filled with human fat. They would leave it on the front doorstep and light it. This served as a water protection from all the demonic forces that would be unleashed that night. Now this is where we get into the trick. If you did not cooperate with the druids, they would take blood from a dead、um, body that they had actually been dragging around and paint the six-pointed star with a circle around it. This is known as a hexagram from the Latin hexer for six. This is the foulest, the most evil of all the symbols in the occult world. I don't care what anyone else tells you. You need that symbol if you're going to summon a demon to this plane of existence. The druids would paint that in human blood on the people's front door. Someone would die between those nights because of the demonic forces that were summoned. Four or five hours later, the druids would all return in this example, as I stated, back to Stonehenge. Once they got back to Stonehenge, they would take these people and put them in these cages. One particular cage is of、um, great interest. They would take those wicker reeds. Remember how we had talked about those before? How the Isa egg landed in wicker, and it's a very, very durable material. What the druids would do a week before Samhain began, they would send the Celtic、um, warriors out throughout the countryside, where they would gather up thousands of these wicker reeds. Once they brought them back, they formed a giant wicker man. The wicker man looked something similar to this. It stood approximately twenty-five to thirty feet in height and was just Intercrossing wicker reed to where it formed the effigy of a human man. This would usually be two to three levels in height and have cages running throughout it. The druids, once they brought back all the all the human sacrifice offerings from trick or treating, they would throw them into those cages and tie them. Now, if by some chance they ran out of space in the wicker man, they had these regular square cages made out of wicker that they had set aside just in case. Now, this is where the druids now would have their version of fun. They would take approximately twelve prisoners, twelve people now who were going to be used as human sacrifice offerings. And line them up in a single row in front of that cauldron. They would take an apple, throw it into the cauldron, and say, "If you can take that, in between your teeth on the first try, you will be set free immediately." Who would do that? Raise your hand. Who would 
try to grab that apple in between their teeth so that they could be set free. Who would do it? Raise your hand, please. There's only one problem, though. That cauldron has been boiling away for four to five hours now. The boiling temperature of liquid is 212 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, who would do it? No volunteers? You? You know you'd be the only one then who would, chance, who would have a chance of living. You see, if you didn't try for it, you were going to end up as a human sacrifice offering anyways. This was your only way out. Every single person there did take the chance, except with dire consequences, let's face it. After they plunged their heads into that boiling liquid, their faces, their neck, and I don't even know how much of their um, chest and back, literally was just melting to where they would be permanently disfigured and unrecognizable. Many of them went blind because of the 212 degree liquid that was burning their eye sockets away. Many end up as partially or permanently deaf because of the damage that was done to their ear canal and the damage that was done to their speech and to their respiratory system because all that liquid was funneling down their throats while they were trying to grab that apple. And yes, this is where you've got that cutesy little game bobbing for apples. Now, if you did grab that apple on the first try in between your teeth, they held to their promise. They let you go some life afterwards. But if you didn't do it, they would throw you on the ground and behead you right there on the spot. Samhain is the highest night of human sacrifice on the Illuminati's calendar. And the reason it is, is because this is, at this time of the year, what's known as a crossroad. It ends the old year and begins the new one. Now, all crossroads in the occult are sacred. Um, another example would be where the beach begins and uh, where the beach ends and the ocean begins. That's a crossroad. That's considered a sacred spot. All crossroads are sacred. Now, during this time of the year, it is believed that those souls that had over, that had died from who knows how long ago, because the um, veil that's separating the third and fourth dimension are supposed to be at their thinnest, those departed souls can cross over and visit their loved ones for the night. But nothing guaranteed that these spirits would be um, benevolent. In order to keep these spirits in line, the Druids came up with these hideous masks and decorated their robes with all types of occult symbols to control these demonic spirits, if you would. And you know, this is where you get your um, costumes for trick-or-treating from. Let's face it, it comes straight with the mask and the outfit to this very day. And yet, we've allowed this into the church. I mean, be honest, people, before God right now, be honest. How many of you have ever gone to a Halloween party at a local church? Raise your hand. Be honest here. There's nothing wrong with it, I mean, as far as being honest goes. Now, the thing is, and I'm going to hear so much for what I'm about to say. But then again, let's face it, a lot of times the truth just isn't popular. Those people who go to a Christian church and have a Halloween party, they're open hypocrites. That's exactly what they are. And that's a tough thing for a lot of people to swallow. Because this is a fun thing. 
this is supposed to be nothing but fun. And yet, you know, there's actually a group that's actually worse than that. Many of the Celtic people, those in the tribes and the various clans, could not attend the Samhain festival and a lot of these religious holidays because of the distance that they lived away from these temple complexes. What they did, they would hold the exact same ceremony except the Druid priests weren't able to um, preside over it. Instead of calling it Samhain, those Celtic warriors called it a harvest festival. Now, how many of us have ever gone to a church where there had been a harvest festival? Mm-hmm. Those people doing the harvest festival, they're the closet hypocrites. I mean, bad enough being open about it, but being a closet hypocrite about it, I mean, really. But that's exactly what's going on. We've given it this wonderful Christian air. We've even gone so far as to tell the kids, it's okay if you wear a costume that has Moses or Ruth or Mary or whoever. It is not all right. When the Bible said, learn not to do the way of the heathen, do you think God was just taking up space? We have got to make up our minds one way or the other to commit ourselves for Christ or not to. That's, those are the only two choices we have. Because when you look at the um, third chapter of the book of Revelation, it talks about a curse that's upon our church age, and that's known as the Laodicean church age. The Laodicean Christians, for the most part, are just lukewarm at best. And those are fence walkers. A fence walker is just walking the mark, and he's not committing one way or the other. How can God bless a person who won't make up his mind one way or the other? This is what it comes down to. And didn't Hosea himself say that my people die for a lack of knowledge? Well, I think we're getting a fair amount of knowledge right now, but the question is, what are you going to do with it? This is what you have to ask yourselves. And, and, I, and as I said before, this is not a popular topic of discussion. Let's face it. How many of us have gone out, we've celebrated Christmas, we've gone Easter egg hunting, many of us. Halloween, harvest festivals, and trust me, I'm not done yet. But this is popular stuff. But since when did Christ tell us we're here for popularity points? We're not here for that reason. We're here for one and only one purpose, and that's to fulfill the Great Commission, to go out there preach the gospel of salvation and get these people saved. But how is that going to be possible if our own houses need to be cleaned up? We want God to shed his blessings from on high. We want God to use us. How can we honestly expect God to do that if we're doing the exact same thing the heathens are doing? In the occult world, nothing has changed. And this is more than 5,000 years old. And if my pastor Bruce Wilson was here right now, he would be looking at me and wondering what's getting into me. See, I, 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 have, a death, I have a deadly fear that one of these days, God may call me into you know, the ministry to become a preacher. No, no. My gift is in teaching, and I'm just praying God never does that to me. Don't get me wrong. There's, I... I Preachers are some of the nicest people on God's earth. You should make a friend of them. You know, but it just isn't my gift. It really isn't. But the truth is, really, how 
are we ever, ever going to be used of God if we don't clean up our own houses first? There is just so much that we, and again, here I go, people, <laughs> that we would love to blame other people for doing. Oh, do you see what that person has done? Oh, don't go near, my children can't play with that girl because her parents or her does this and that. I think we should start pointing the finger here first. Christ said, don't worry about the little sliver of the moat that is in their eyes. Worry about the four by four that is in yours right now. Then you'll be able to see spiritually to help them. Now, what could possibly be so harmful or occultic about St. Valentine's Day? It's a day set aside for lovers, isn't it? That's what it's known as. It's the holidays of lovers, correct? If you recall, remember how I told you, Nimrod, Semiramis, and Temuz, they were the first family of the occult. The occult beliefs did not change. All that happened when it went to the next culture, just the names changed. The beliefs remained the same. If you go back, you can, tra you can actually trace all this stuff. Now, with Valentine's Day, notice how this is exactly 13 days after the human night sacrifice of Imbolg. This is nothing but a complete camouflage for an ancient um, fertility ritual. Now, how many of us have seen this cute little boy before? It's a little difficult to see, but... I'm going to interrupt the broadcast right there. We put together six DVDs, five titles, valued at $160, all for a gift of just $40. That's less than $10 a DVD. First one, what's wrong with Halloween? Dr. Jack Clooney is a ranking authority on Satanism, witchcraft, white supremacy, and other forms of occult and occult activity. He helped investigators from the FBI, CIA, OSI, Border Patrol, and dozens of police and sheriff organizations across America in occult-related crimes. The average Christian has no idea of the influence of the occult in crimes. America's Occult Holidays by Doc Marquis. Doc was raised in an Illuminati family, trained as an Illuminist, and attained the rank of Master Witch, third degree. He has been a Christian since 1979 and appeared on and consulted for The Oprah Winfrey Show, The Geraldo Vera Show, Hard Copy, Inside Edition, Unsolved Mysteries. He reveals how all American holidays are designed to be used as an occult numerical pattern originating from the Illuminati. Discover the real truth behind the popular holidays like Christmas, Easter, Halloween, Valentine's Day, May Day, and other traditions of men, and learn the truth behind occult practices like trick-or-treat and May Day. Occult Holidays Revealed by Stephen Dollins. Stephen is an ex-Satanist high priest of the Church of Satan. He reveals the truth and the true origins behind Christmas, Easter, Halloween, and the world's most celebrated holidays, including Is Christmas the Real Birth of Jesus? Is Easter Celebrating the Resurrection of Christ? And What is the Hidden Agenda Behind Halloween? The Occult in Your Living Room, also by Stephen Dollins. Stephen exposes the subtle devices used to infiltrate the homes of Christians and non-Christians alike to lure the young and the old into the practice of witchcraft and Satanism. Discover the evil truth behind today's crazes like movies, video games, and role-playing fantasy games. These devices initiate our children into the world of the occult by making evil appear to be cute. 
such as Teletubbies, Pokemon, and others. Vampires and werewolves, real or fake? Bilson Evelyn was a voodoo priest, Wiccan high priest, second-degree member of the Church of Satan, a New Age guru, occultist, channeler, 90th-degree mason, and a Knight Templar, vampire initiate, and member of the Illuminati. Due to the increased media exposure of vampires, werewolves made to appear seductive, many people are becoming intrigued with evil. All six DVDs, five titles, $160 value, all for a gift of just $40 at prophecyclub.com. It's called the Occult Holidays Gift Offer, and if you order by October 25th, you'll get it in the lower 48 states by Halloween. That's the Occult Holidays Gift Offer. Six DVDs, five titles, gift of $40 at prophecyclub.com. In 2017, God blessed me by helping me to memorize the book of Revelation just as a simple project. God showed me a secret door, which is based upon a single word found in Revelation and Leviticus, linking the feasts to the prophecies. When linked, a person enters into an understanding of Bible prophecy not previously known. Even though I've been in the world of Bible prophecy for 40 years, frankly, I did not know anything of what is in this book. One prophetic word described it this way. There is a lock that I have put over a word in the book of Revelation that I'm going to open to you. It will turn so many books written on the end time message into obsolete books. That's this book. Two amazing prophecy charts on the back flap, 12 inches by 9 inches. Imagine a... 